0: Network. Salam, Salam, Singaye, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to the official launch of the Samoar Network podcast. Our first installment of 2018. Uh, it's a new initiative we have going on. Uh, my name is Omar Aziz. I'm hitting you up from Washington DC, uh, and we've got Noura over here. Nura, I'll let you introduce yourself.
1: Salam, Omar. I was kind of impressed. You're getting better at these. Uh... These uh, these terms. I'm gonna see how your Hirati gets. My name is Nura. I'm excited to join y'all for this podcast.
0: Yeah, so uh, it's a it's a new thing we got going on. So uh, just to kind of give you a little bit of an understanding, what is TSN? What is the Samowar Network? Uh, so the Samowar Network is uh, an online platform for Afghan Americans to come together and talk about issues that are facing our community. So we've we range from topics from uh you know relationships homophobia racism uh, racism um living outside of our homeland and being refugees and you know we try to touch on a lot of different things that um, are impacting our community uh so let's get a little bit about who we are Nura, who are you
1: who am i well I'll, to reintroduce for those who haven't listened um I live in Durham, North Carolina. I am a PhD candidate in political science at Duke. And a lot of my professional work works, looks at race and identity politics and why people are involved in civic engagement. So um, I feel like TSN kind of bleeds into my professional world in an exciting way. So it's dope to kind of connect the worlds. And we've been doing this how many years, Omar? Three? Three.
0: Something like that, see. yeah. Almost three years, I want to say. Yeah,
1: that. yeah. And and now you're on our coast. So what are you doing in D.C. or? <laughs> Where are you? Uh,
0: I am currently a PhD student at George Mason University. So I hey. just started a program here. Join uh, the
1: dark side.
0: I know, I know. So my yeah, my background's in higher education. I've worked professionally on college campuses. I've uh, done a lot of work with uh, Muslim students. And students of color on, on different campuses and trying to build uh, spaces for marginalized communities. My research has focused on, you know, Muslim identity and just kind of what it means to be um, a Muslim or just a person of color and kind of navigating these white spaces on college campuses. So I mean, it's it's awesome. I love what I'm doing right now. I'm getting into some teaching. So learning from you, Nora, you're you're the, our uh, official hip hop professor, the fake hip
1: hop professor. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I'm uh, trying to inspiring yeah. yeah, trying to get used to this weather though. It's snowing outside right now as we speak. Really? Yeah, I it's, like it. I got those snowflakes coming out right now.
1: You're weak. You're like California's sides made you weak.
0: I, I'm I'm These still Fremont. Nothing. I'm still Fremont till till I die, man. Like that's yeah. just I gotta you rep didn't Fremont. You
1: mentioned that in your intro. Yeah, you're like a Fremontee, like the original. <laughs> any any Fremontee's listening, we gotta uh get your take on whether Omar passes the test. Is he still part of Fremont or not? I know. It's, no.
0: it's been a few years I've been gone, but yo, that it's still it still won't leave my heart, you know. Fremont's always gonna be in my heart. I'll still rep the bay forever, but
1: I mean, what's your favorite DC.
0: thing about Fremont before we move on? Dang, my favorite thing about Fremont, yeah honestly it's just it's it's just funny it's yeah, Lake Elizabeth, and just kind of like seeing the ridiculousness of Afghans at times, not in a bad way, but you know you just kinda the awkward moments of being in a community with hella afghans is is entertaining, you know, just That's walking true. through the mall and being on guard and doing those things. Now I kind of look back and laugh at it, but at the time it was probably a lot more annoying.
1: That's true. I feel like you've definitely given me tips on where, what coffee shops to go to and not go to if I want to get work done when I visit family there. So oh, yeah. And, you, you are definitely the expert.
0: And always make sure to travel in groups of threes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not to start suspicion about anything with anyone. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, it's so true, though. So, so you- our team, though, like who um, and maybe we should give out a quick shout out to the rest of our team. Let's we have um, I'm just going to say their names and who they are. There's uh, right now there's four others besides us. Uh, Reza who is based in San Francisco and is a dope city planner out there. And she's helped us launch um, in 2017 the Women of TSN initiative that we have. Reza Hisabi, who is a medical student. Out in New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Is that where Dartmouth is? I hope.
0: Some, Reza, I'm really sorry. White boonie Dar- town. Yeah, know.
1: yeah. Poor kids from LA and like out there. Ali Ulumi, who is also a PhD candidate in history at UC Irvine. And Dawood Waziri, who is like the king of SoCal. Um, and uh, Ali and Diz also run the Currently Nerdy podcast, which I think has helped us inspire sort of thinking about, you know, ways for us to get into social media world. Um, so, uh, and this is my partner in crime that like always backs me up when we talk about gender. So, uh, I don't have a favorite on the team, but if we do, now y'all know who it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's definitely helped us kind of look at what, what are some other formats and ways we can kind of get these conversations going. And I think that's a big part of what has uh, inspired uh, us to move into a podcast format. Uh, you know, one of the challenges we face is just trying to keep it real as Afghans and trying to be open and honest about a lot of the topics that we want to cover. It's like Definitely. some of the stuff we cover, it's not easy doing and when you know people are watching you on a video and there's, there's other panelists. So we wanted to try to move this into a format where we can get a little bit more in depth with people, uh, maybe yeah. do some one on one, two on one interviews with folks, and and just highlight some of those really interesting people that we have with incredible stories in our community. And uh, I'm excited for it. You know, it's it, it should be fun. Uh, Nura and I are going to start us off uh, hosting it to to start us, but you'll probably hear some of our other voices coming in soon. But it's uh, we're trying to keep it real, man. That's what TSN is all about.
1: Yeah, for sure, I think that that's the cool thing is that we have uh, been a bit courageous to talk about taboo topics that we usually talk about in private but not in public. And the fact that we're doing this and publicly streaming it, hopefully our intention is to build our community to have tough conversations more regularly and consistently. Um, Although you told me something different about why we're going into podcast form. And um, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. You said people don't want to see our faces. <laughs> and I said, speak for yourself, homie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have faces made for the radio, for uh, for podcasting.
1: But, I mean, I think 2017, speaking of, like, just before we move into, like, like the podcast and, and some of the things we want to talk about, I think it would be cool to just re- reflect on what we did last year. Um, we had some amazing programming. We started off, I think it was this time last year, we had a Facebook live stream event at the Smithsonian Freer Sackler gallery, where we got a really awesome uh, panel going and discussing Afghan diaspora and identity. Um, I feel like that was one of the highlights of last year. And then um, when we started women of TSN with Grizal and we had that one um, topic whose title you are like scared to say on <laughs> the air. The B's and I'm- Z's. The B- see you don't even say it
0: i know i know i mean I, it, this was a, this was actually a very hard decision for us to come to and i kept fighting them we cannot call it bitches and zanakan or <laughs> this is not okay but you know it's turned out to be one of our most viewed videos <laughs>
1: i'm saying like when you're honest about what you're talking about people want to tune in and it went i think it's you know we had, we really got it it was funny because we actually talked about um, it's ironic that we talked about a lot of the issues that came up. The me too campaign with women really hit off the last few months and That's we right. had this topic come up in the summer. So it's almost like a foreshadowing of what's going on in our community, something that occurs for women across communities. So I thought that was a really interesting point about our topic, right?
0: Yeah. And I mean, the women of TSN, I think, is such an awesome initiative. And I think we're going to you'll you'll we'll be hearing more of those conversations and kind of getting into into more depth of 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 those topics, you know, like the Me Too, Definitely. you know, that has not gone away. I mean, that has always been there, but it's something mm-hmm. that we as a community need to dive in uh, a lot further and, and examine kind of what role we we play. We all play, especially, yeah. you know, thinking about us as men, kind of how that um facilitates and, you know, perpetuates a lot of the stuff that we've been hearing. So I think especially the Aziz Ansari was a huge wake up call for a lot of folks.
1: Definitely, Um, especially because he's South Asian, right? So that's something to think about is just sort of like the way he behaved. Um, I think a lot of us off air were talking about how much men we know may fall into this trap of that blurred line and what, you know, dating and blurred lines. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But, um, yeah, there's blurred lines when it comes to situations of like men and women in our interactions. And, um, I think Afghan women are scared to speak up. So this provides a platform to kind of get that conversation going. Cause if we're not honest with our community, you know, like the problems will continue. Um, so this kind of gets us into what I, I wanted to ask you something publicly, it is February. Valentine's Day just passed a few days ago, and I hear you have some news to share.
0: <laughs> uh, I do. I mean, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, it is Where's February. What's that?
1: Where's my chini?
0: I'm the. Yeah, I've been in search of some candy recently. <laughs> Um,
1: Matthew, now tell us about that. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. So, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I I did. I just got engaged and, you know, this hey. is. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm very, very lucky. Very, in a, you know, I'm just in an awesome situation right now. So, uh, but it just, all, it just has brought up so many interesting things and so many, uh, you know, things I, I hadn't thought about before and, and, yeah. and decisions I had to make that I wasn't. I don't know if anyone ever really prepared for, uh, yeah. fully prepared for, and, you know, just, and you see so many new things in our culture or these like processes and formalities that, you know, are s- rooted in a lot of, <laughs> uh, weird let's, stuff. Let's break
1: that down. Let's break that down. <laughs> like first, okay, let me, let's get into this interview. I'm going to have to interview you a little bit and for the purpose of kind of really getting into dating and love and, um, like one of the things that I was curious about when you, um, and I love Susan and, um, and, and I'm like, uh, your cousins are teasing you, but I won't say it online. Actually, I'll spare you that. <laughs> but I think that one of the things that I had talked to Susan about, and maybe that you thought about is like, how does it feel to be public? Right. Mm-hmm. As a couple. And, and like, what does it mean when you got engaged? Like you guys had to make that decision to kind of like you know, let your you know how. What does that look like for being Afghan? Because I feel like in other communities, there's no, there's no thought to it. Like once you're together, you're together. But for our community, like there is some deliberation. So what was that like?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like, a, when does it happen? Who do you tell? And yeah, it's this weird sense of like. When you're in a relationship with, with someone uh, as an Afghan, like you keep it on the low and you just try not to let others find out. Um,
1: and why is that, you think?
0: That's a good question. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of like, oh, you know, there's there's a lot of stigmas attached, right? So like mm-hmm. if you're... If you're known to be dating a lot of people, and I think the stigma, the consequences of these stigmas are different for men and for women. But like yeah. for women, if you're known to be in a lot of relationships or being with a lot of people, you know, guys will look at you differently. That's the reality of it. And I think, um, and then I also think there's some of that for men too. There's a, there's a, maybe the consequences aren't as high, but a 10, you know, a, to look at it at like, oh, this person's like constantly dating somebody constantly in a a relationship. So we, we just try to pretend that we're like, that's never happened before, but uh, it's, it's like, you can only go public uh, for a lot of people, not everyone, you know, but it's like, you can only go public when it's like official, right. When you have like Mm -hmm. the approval of the family. So like not until you're engaged. And so that's kind of the moment where it's like, okay. And we've talked about this before of like, you're not really seen as an adult until you're married in our community. Yeah. And it's just weird yeah. things. So it's like, you know, now that I have that, it's almost like this green light to be able to be public, to be open and do all those things as if, you know, you know, I was in the relationship with this person prior to this official engagement. Public, but. Right? you know i can't be public about her i sh- i shouldn't be i could be but it, it, you you're testing the boundaries of the community you're you're pushing yeah. some boundaries and i'll be honest it wasn't something i was willing to do i was i was open with my close friends and family but social media and this and that like i'm not not trying to deal with all that
1: yeah and that's what i've noticed this month cuz it hasn't just there's been a few couples within like our like diaspora community bigger that have uh, announced their relationships but they've all announced once they like the families met mm-hmm. and it feels like that seems to still be at least within the afghan american community uh that seems to be the norm is that you tell people you're dating once like the families meet and you do some of the more formal stuff like what's the formal word in 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 daddy is that what it is yeah,
0: like, yeah, yeah.
1: what does that look like
0: I mean, you know, just the families meet, the families talk. And I mean, it's a different with every family in terms of like how that looks and how quickly that process goes. But, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, for, for me, luckily it wasn't, uh, it was a pretty smooth process. And
1: you didn't um, get rejected three times. I heard. <laughs> no. Some girl told me that she had, she knew she was going to end up with her guy cause they'd been dating for two years, but that her dad made him come and ask three times. And on the third time he said, yes. Yeah. So I didn't know this was a thing. Is This was this just like a I didn't know either.
0: Or? Yeah. No, I didn't know either. It was like you know because my family was traveling across the country. Like they were going from yeah. Cali to 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 Maryland. You know, so it was a cross country flight. So it's like, yo, we can't be flying back and forth a lot of times. <laughs> Three times. Know? Just to to getting to, it. Yeah. So it was like the first night was just kind of the like that the. the first ask you know and then the second night was the shirni dadan. so like where they give the you know the shirni so um so yeah it was uh it wasn't a huge long drawn out process but i've heard some you know horror stories of families that and whatever i mean every family decides for themselves kind of what's appropriate but yo they (laughs) (laughs) they'll make you wait they don't they don't play
1: (laughs) yeah see that's i think maybe that's why we don't people are hesitant to tell their families about it because it's your relationship when it's just you two but as soon as you tell your parents all these other customs and traditions get involved in the mix and that can really test your relationship with your partner right
0: well and and, and so check this out though like what also what's that rooted in right because it's like it's like no I'm not willing to give my daughter so easily and and it, and it I think it almost perpetuates this whole idea of like you can't look easy or you can't right, like right. If you give your like if you were to give your daughter away the first ask like somehow that might reflect poorly on
1: your family your daughter
0: or the family whatever it may be right um, right and like I don't know like how much of that is just rooted in this whole sense of like idea of you know we have to make sure um our daughter is someone that needs to be chased after needs to be you know appreciated in that way and i feel like i don't know how much does it has that played into our own dating you know like
1: a lot dude is it i think it came up in a wtsn where um it's funny cuz afghan girls growing up are raised to be like you don't do anything and the guy comes to you and then suddenly you graduate college and your mom is like so where is he? And you're like, yo, you told me not to date and he's going to come to me. And then they're, they they <laughs> suddenly change. They're like, no, you have to find him. And suddenly you're supposed to be proactive when your whole life you've been taught to like just sit there and and like be passive and some someone, you know, so like the woman is almost supposed to be passive and put on a pedestal and the man is supposed to come to you. And then but growing up here in the States where like we watch movies, we have friends that we would talk about modern dating with like we interact with people that's unrealistic like how do we negotiate like these these standards and expectations with like what we see happening right yeah
0: it's yeah it's i mean it's it's yeah it's interesting because and again it's like you know the different messages are sent as men and women right it's like as a male you're kind of told like you know you have to pursue you gotta chase and you know and don't, like, this idea of, like, you know, don't always take no for an answer. Like, maybe they're just...
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and that that that's can scary. put us
0: in some really bad situations. And, I mean, the reality that's... is, though, like, that's kind of how we're taught to operate, though.
1: Yeah. Even the fact that the Khosgari, some people say no more than once, it's almost embedded in it, like, you're supposed to say no once. So they almost... Don't take the first no as for real, because of how this tradition can sometimes function, right? Yeah, uh,
0: it's interesting. I mean, I've it's definitely you see kind of that the cultural piece. You see kind of how gender plays into it, and, and all those different uh, uh, all those different dynamics that are at play.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and you know, we have an upcoming Google Hangouts, like in our usual TSN format. In another week or so, um, I think we're gonna get a lineup of folks talking about their experiences with love, relationships, and and sex. I totally want to title it something with the word sex in it, just to get views. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're you'll get all about path. the
0: clickbait, right? You're just trying to get people to <laughs> click for whatever whatever reason.
1: I mean, that we never talk about it, honestly. Just the it's fact true. that I just got nervous saying the word on air, actually, to be honest.
0: <laughs> You're regretting it now?
1: <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> can, I, can we can we omit that? Can we edit that out?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's too late now. <laughs> it's um, just,
1: we say, say, like, love and relationships. And then there's this whole vague in between that no one ever talks about. And I also think that it hurt, from a culture that makes such, like, amazing poetry where poets are very real about these issues uh, it's yeah. it's ironic to me that we're so nervous to talk about it you know
0: yo i mean that's you know at some point we do have to you know have those conversations of you know it's not we can't pretend like that's not something that people are talking about or thinking about or you know experiencing and, and, yeah. and doing so i actually heard a really interesting there's an article in the New York Times and, and just kind of talking about this um, idea of banning, and I, we're, we might be getting a little off topic, but like banning pornography and just basically how pornography has become the sex education for most men in America. And like for most men in America, that is that is how they learn. That's what they learn about sex. And I think it plays out in their relationships and it plays out yeah. in a lot of their interactions. So um, I think there's something really to be said of that, to be a... To be a young man growing up in the United States of America, not to have pornography around you a lot and to see it a lot, thats it's very think, hard to avoid.
1: Do you think it sets unrealistic expectations of what happens in that space for, like, for people? Because they're watching a movie where people are professionals doing something. It's, and they expect that to like look like their life, their personal lives, to so like like these professionals' lives.
0: It, it's yeah. There's so much that goes into it. I mean, there's just a lot of really.
1: And toxic ba- masculinity.
0: Toxic masculinity. You know the messages that are being sent, and and kind of what what consent looks like. What yeah. Um. You know what healthy relationships look like. You know these kinds of things are, are. And it's it's a reality. And I mean I think our community also needs to. You know, address that and think about that. And um, you know, are we a reflection of pornography, a pornographic kind of society, or is pornography a reflection of our society, you know, like which one is right, it kind of thing.
1: Right. So, I mean, and we just honestly don't talk about it. So public. are you
0: gonna so is this are you saying you're gonna come on air and, and our next Google hangout to talk about this stuff?
1: I'm good. I'm gonna leave it to y'all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're throwing out the most controversial the most taboo thing you could possibly think of. And then you're going to put on other people, huh?
1: I mean, listen. I-, them,
0: right. I, see, <laughs> I see your game, throwing it out there.
1: I'm just trying to push you know, push it forward a little bit. Maybe I'll get on the end of the call and give my, 30, <laughs> my two cents.
0: Yes, yeah, you're pushing yeah. them off a cliff right there.
1: <laughs> it's so funny, though, because we have these group chats on like Everyone in our, you know, like group chats are a thing. And and then sometimes when some of these sensitive topics come up, suddenly see like a women's only group chat. So you'd be in a group of friends of like 10 friends, but then you get uncomfortable and then suddenly you see like the five women in the group starting their side no chat. Way. Yeah. So like that's where I feel like we're not comfortable even saying it, even though you're friends with people or coworkers, and you talk about a lot of other things. Like, funerals happen in your family. You're open about that. Like a lot of sensitive things. Someone fails at a test and you talk about it. But like when a subject like sex comes up, suddenly there's a side chat of women only because they don't want to talk about it with people beyond women. And I find that dynamic and I see that it's not just specific to Afghans. I see that with um, friend circles beyond Afghans. Like this trend is so interesting to me, like how we're so willing to be vulnerable about other issues but what for whatever we, there's like this shame associated with it um and i don't know i think it's something that we really have to like think about why this specific topic is one we have so much anxiety around
0: so sounds like you're gonna be uh Talking about this coming up soon, huh? You know,
1: there's we have a gender uh, expert in our group, uh, Professor Ali Ulumi. So I'm gonna nominate him
0: <laughs> to talk
1: about the history of this topic. Yeah. In my, in my, yeah, in my place.
0: Um, we'll make it happen. So make sure, I mean, let's make sure everybody you know tunes in to our to our Google Hangouts and and watches TSN yeah. continues to watch and continues to check us out because hope you know we're trying to have these conversations. Uh, and in multiple formats, you know, we'll have those panel discussions available for folks on YouTube to kind of check us out there, and then additionally have these podcasts where we can get, um, you know, uh, fewer people on and just kind of have those uh, one-on-one conversations.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, before, I think those the, are important.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Nora, what's uh, what's been going on with you? What else you've been been happening? Yeah, Yo, did I you do anything this- interesting this weekend?
1: We have to take a moment. This is an important cultural moment that our community needs to pause and like really be involved in, and that's the release of Black Panther. I just watched it last night, and, um, and definitely, I am not a comic book nerd. You know, I like just figured out the difference between Marvel and DC comics. I'm sorry, Reza, Diz, Ali. I know y'all love comics. To the rest of our TSN team, but um, Black Panther is incredible. Have you seen it yet?
0: Nah, not yet. I haven't what? had a chance to check it out. No.
1: You are talking? Gotta, you should be at the movie theater right now watching I this. I know.
0: I gotta. I gotta find my dashiki and and bust it out and, <laughs> Dave,
1: and- Please don't go find your Peron tombon. Wear your own. Don't appropriate. Um, but I think so. From as an Afghan, like I think for me, it's seeing Black Panther, talks about this home, this fictitious home country of Wakanda, and the entire movie is about you know. Black excellence, right? So you just see black excellence displayed in this advanced civilization in Wakanda. And then women in that civilization are like the warriors in the role of women. It's not even just, to me, it's not even female empowerment. It's like imagine a world where patriarchy doesn't exist. Imagine a world where you get to conceptualize what you want the world to look like. I feel like it sets a set of norms that I hope, like I wish I had this movie around when I was a kid, right? Because in the movie, they just show women being badass. And it's not like, oh, look at them being badass. It's like being badass is normal. And being black and being excellent and, like, the most innovative on planet Earth is normal. And to me, it makes me think about, like, Afghanistan. And we have such a badass history of poets, of scholars, of scientists. But I feel like growing up here, I don't see or remember that. And I almost wish like we seeing this happen for like Black American, African, African American communities and like that diaspora community and seeing like how they celebrate this moment as an oppressed community who has so many stereotypes connected to them. It makes me like have some hope, like it makes me feel empowered just watching my friends being empowered by it. Right. Because even Afghans like we are racist as hell when it comes to um to black folks in this country and um i think that seeing like someone that's oppressed be uplifted Mm. it's an important cultural moment to really like think about and the soundtrack is dope i'm a huge kendrick fan and have you listened to soundtrack yet
0: no i mean i've heard that weekend and kendrick song that song is that song is hella good
1: the Anderson Park track is my favorite. You should you should check that one out.
0: And 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 you bring up some really good points because I mean, I think so much of the success of our community and so much of what I see in our potential is like I look at what the black community has done and what they are doing and what they're accomplishing and I'm like, you know, this is something that we can model this is a, this is a community we can model ourselves after. It's exactly. very different experiences and very different histories, but you know, when you think of minority communities and you think of how to empower, how to uplift, how to um, engage. I, I, you know, I think of I really do think of the black community and, and kind of learning from them. So I, and, and to see, like you said, you know, I brought up the dashiki comment because like I'm seeing people going to these films kind of wearing and embracing this like African heritage and history. Uh, that's beautiful. It's amazing, you know. Yeah. And, like, just watching these videos, seeing these pictures is 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 really awesome. And you know, it, it it does bring up the point of like it would it would how amazing it would be if we had something similar for for our people for the Afghan community and and yeah.
1: you know, having something and, like that. And even the modeling they've done in terms of um, people are buying out theaters for low income kids to go watch it. So just wow. the fact that even just beyond the substance of the movie, the movement around the movie, right? That um, Kendrick, uh, I think, had like three theaters he he like paid for 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 screenings. The screening I went to last night is for like a Swahili black art space and they did a private screening. So I was like honored to be invited to be a part of like, an experience in a community that isn't my own, that like has welcomed me in and just being in a space. So it wasn't just watching the movie, it was watching the movie with like uh, socially conscious people who really want to uplift um black Americans and Africans in the Durham area was very uh empowering and I like I hope like if we ever had like an Afghan movie that, that had that, I'm ho- I wonder whether like Afghans would like buy out theaters and let like folks who can't afford a ticket come and see it. Like what kind of movement building would do beyond the movie.
0: We'll we'll buy out Nas Cinema in Fremont uh, Hello? Oh, God. The old Is it the- still open? Nah, we had that movie theater right next to Day I Want on kebab on Fremont Boulevard. Yeah that was the original Nas cinema it was like an old school movie theater but um, I think I think it's um, gone now um, but they have like but they upgraded so they got another one like that used to be an old uh, cheap discount movie theater so it's got like 10 screens yeah And but it's like you know all Indian movies and you know all okay. the latest Bollywood hits but shout out oh another shout out to the bay the director and writer of Black Panther is from the bay he's from Oakland yeah, so he like, oh, uh, he so the guy that wrote he's he was also the director of Creed, I believe. Okay. And um, he he did some surprise visits to the Grand Lake Theater in Oakland uh, just this past weekend for the premiere, and That's so you know cool. shouted out the bay. And so I'm gonna take some some pride in that as well.
1: Awesome, And I like you take pride in your Golden State Warriors.
0: huh? <laughs>
1: Speaking, are you watching the All Star weekend?
0: I'm gonna. Tr- I mean.
1: I, there's some dunking thing going dunking, on
0: yeah <laughs> Yo, you, you straight up said isn't there a dunking contest <laughs> i was like Nura, you need to yeah we need to work is- on that but um nah the dunk contest is kind of whack now it's not as cool as the, the three-point contest is actually probably the most exciting part of the weekend now yeah um yeah it's pretty it's it's a lot because the dunk contest there's not really anybody that goes in like any good players that go in okay
1: um, but so, you hella called out Afghans. So before we end, wrap up. I feel like I need to like publicly <laughs> ask you. You just you told me before we went on that um, Afghan, like we're talking about Afghan basketball, and that like Afghans are too short to you, be Okay, basketball. you are,
0: you had this idea of like why can't we have an Afghan Jeremy Lin? Like you know yeah, why can't we? Why can't we? We're we're a bit away from that, and you're like <laughs> we we have so many tall people in our community. I'm like I'm not sure what. What kind of Afghans you have in Ohio? But <laughs> yo, we don't. I don't, I haven't seen that many Afghans over like six one, if if that.
1: What aren't like like certain like tribes and regions known for tall people like on Eastern Afghanistan? Or... Tribe. I
0: don't know. Dang. Okay. We... <laughs> what about an
1: Afghan basketball? How what's the average height in no, Afghan Af- basketball? But I will,
0: I will say this: Afghan basketball is dope. Like I mean, I grew up around it. I you know I grew yeah. with Afghan soccer, but like. A lot of guys are going into Afghan basketball, and you okay. see a lot of tournaments and um, a lot of.
1: We'll have to interview someone from Afghan we basketball. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. No, it's
0: it'll it'll be cool because it's 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 really interesting because, you know, the Afghan soccer community had a lot of older heads, had a kind of the, you know, the the Afghans that played in Afghanistan and kind of started leagues and started uh, tournaments here in the U.S. and and yeah. really built a community and really established. Something with the Afghan soccer leagues and tournaments, um, yeah. whereas I think with the basketball community, you don't have that kind of presence of elders. Okay. Um, you had a few Afghans playing uh, basketball in Afghanistan, but like to build kind of the institutions that the soccer community built. Um, you know, it's a lot of young guys just doing it on their own. Like they're just kind of like creating these tournaments wow. and and. Um,
1: I hadn't and thought about
0: that. Yeah, they're they're just kind of doing it on their own and. And and just kind of hustling by themselves to make it happen. You know, I've gone to some of the tournaments, and you see, it's it's mostly a, a younger crowd. You know, the soccer tournaments, you'd see families and parents and elders, and and you don't really get that same love for basketball. So, but right. I know it's growing. Like, I mean, I think if anything, we might have more, you know, Afghan kids playing basketball than soccer now. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting uh, to kind of see the development and how sports is is in our community and hopefully we'll have some conversations around it you know we'll do I think that's something we talked about as like having an episode where we do talk about you know maybe the impact of kind of how sports have had in our in our community
1: yeah it's necessary especially because with women like there's um a a lot of women in our community that are in the sports scene too that I like Zahra Hamidi plays soccer right in the bay like she's like Someone I I'm always like you're so amazing for you know doing what you do and being a role model for women because it's sometimes I think it's gendered and we just think about the men but the women within these diaspora communities are really all about that life too. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. You know. Growing up, I mean, I played alongside you know we did play alongside girls like they would come and play together with us on our soccer teams with the Afghan leagues, but at the same time they you know they weren't get as much playing time and. You know, my cousin always jokes that my our uncle was our coach, and she always jokes that he would only put her in at the very end of the game, like the last minute or two. Shut up! But, um, but you know, it's uh, it's cool. We'll see. We'll see kind of, kind of how that's grown, how that's developed. Kind of interview some folks who are who are in that, you know, doing that uh, work right now.
1: Dope. Well, until then, we've got our Google Hangouts coming up, so stay tuned for news on that on our Instagram page, and Facebook. That's usually where we post. Updates, uh, the Samalwaar Network. Just find us with that name. Um, anything else?
0: I think we're good. I mean, just hopefully we'll, we'll we'll have more of these, and you know, send it to your to your loved ones, to your friends, and, and you know, give us some love on on iTunes or wherever wherever we end up. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just just take a listen. Let us know what you think. Hit us up individually. Hit us hit, our, hit us up on email, whatever it is, and, and let us know how we can be better.
1: Until next time, Chodafis, Choday Emreiton, and Choday Paman.
0: Oh, you got it. Nice. Sam Lawyer Network.
1: Sam Lawyer Network.